Um, if we've not met before, my name's Thea. I'm the curate here. Um, great to be together this morning and to open this amazing passage together. I'm just going to get rid of that. There we go. I brought my friend with me this morning. Her name's Eunice. Oh, look at her. She's so lovely, isn't she? <laughs> she's, she's, she's really smiling. She's really shiny. She's got an amazing horn there. Look how gold and shiny it is. She's got amazing flowing pink hair. She's got rainbow wings. Look at that. She's got, wow, that pink sparkly tail. It's incredible. Right out of Eden. I wonder how many of you, though, have turned up at church this morning feeling a little bit like Eunice, a bit deflated, a bit flat. <laughs> Look at her. She's not quite her usual self, is she? I wonder how many of us are feeling uh, like, like Eunice is um, about evangelism, about sharing our faith with others. We've been talking about it now for four weeks, haven't we? Um, Right back at the beginning of September, we talked about um, John the Baptist who points at Jesus and says, here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Then we talked about Philip and Nathaniel. Philip who invites Nathaniel to um, come and see who Jesus is. And when um, Nathaniel meets Jesus, he's just amazed by who he is. And then last week, um, Jan opened up for us um, the woman at the well who goes and runs back and tells her whole village that um, this is the man that told me everything I ever did. We've been talking about it in sermons, in notices, in prayers, in prayer meetings, in uh, just about every uh, part of our church life. We've been talking about sharing our story and about the Archbishop's uh, visit this afternoon and now also about Alpha, which is beginning in two weeks' time. I don't know how those conversations of invitation have gone for you, whether um, you've managed to invite somebody to, um, to come this afternoon, or perhaps actually you're just feeling a bit deflated by it all. As I said, Eunice is super shiny. She knows who she is, doesn't she? She's, she's a beautiful unicorn. <laughs> but there's a problem with Eunice at the moment. She's supposed to be a balloon, but she's got no air in her. She's smiling. She's got actually a little bit of a creepy smile. <laughs> she's been on my desk upstairs, and every time I come, like, oh. <laughs> she's smiling, isn't she? But she, she's empty. There's no air in her at all. And evangelism and sharing our faith can sometimes feel like this. We get pumped up at church. We're excited by things that we hear. We're excited by the people that we, that we gather with, the music, the prayers, sometimes the sermon. <laughs> All serves to kind of blow us up and inflate us on a Sunday morning. But then when life puts pressure on us, our passion for the things of God sometimes ooh, <laughs> slips away, doesn't it? Especially the things that take extra time and extra energy. They're the first things that go. They're the first things <laughs> that leave us. So I wondered, have you invited anyone to the Archbishop of Canterbury this afternoon or to Alpha? And what was their response Joe and I have invited um, a couple of people over the last couple of weeks, and here's how it went. 
Joe and I invited a friend, um, one of Joe's friends that he's grown up with, and he was really amazed and really excited that we had thought of him and that we wanted him to be with us at this um, amazing event in Woking to hear the Archbishop of Canterbury, that we had uh, thought of him, of a couple of other friends, but we wanted him to be there. He was really excited, really up for it, but then he went home, looked at his diary, and realized he was busy and he couldn't come today. Secondly, I invited a friend from football. She thought that this was just the event for her. She's got some really big questions, and I'll tell you a bit more about her big questions a bit later in the sermon. But then she said that she was moving house this weekend, so she couldn't make it. Or perhaps uh, you've got a story like this last one. Uh, One more person who Joe and I thought, oh, yeah, maybe um, he would really like to come. He's a, a colleague of Joe's at work. But let's be honest, perhaps it was a mixture of the, re- the rejection that we'd felt from the other two invitations. Maybe it was just the busyness of the week. It all mounted up, and I'm sorry to say we never got round to it. I'm sure that you have got stories like this, and also, hopefully, you have some positive stories as well <laughs> um, of some conversations that have gone well and some people who um, are going to come this afternoon. Hopefully the stadium will you know, be packed this afternoon, but it's hard, isn't it? And it's hard to ignore the fact that sharing our faith does take it out of us. It is, uh, it's a big thing. But that's why this story of the empty tomb in John chapter 20 is so important, because it's about the joy of knowing and sharing who Jesus is. Mary encounters the risen Lord, And then she runs back to the disciples and she says, I've seen him. I've seen the Lord. I want to share with you then about uh, my friend at football um, who uh, I've had a a conversation with and been able to share my faith with recently. um, Some of you will know that I play football with Woking Ladies in the week. Um, And one evening when we were playing, probably I think it was around the beginning of July, we were watching one of the games, and I was a sub, so standing on the sidelines, and uh, Jade was on the sidelines too, watching, and she said, um, just, out, just completely out of nowhere, um, <laughs> Thea, you must, um, you must deal with a lot of, of death um, and funerals. Um, how, do you, how do you deal with all that stuff? Um, and I, I was really shocked because <laughs> um, we were watching the football. Um, and I was not expecting her to ask that question. Um, but I was able just like really briefly to share that, you know, it's a massive privilege to work with, with families, to work with people at the end of their life, um, and then to um, take funerals and, and to mark um, the, the amazing lives that people have led. But I then had the nous to ask her, and I honestly think that this was only the Holy Spirit it would not have been me at all um, I then asked her uh, what makes you ask that question and she said, shared with me that um, she's experienced two bereavements just in that last month uh, an old housemate who'd committed suicide and um, a very young family member who had died in hospital I just asked her how she was doing I just said are you you okay? Were you able to get to the funerals? Um, What was her relationship like with those two people? Um, I didn't have to preach the gospel to her at all. Just had to be human with her. Just had to just 
be there with her and ask those questions. How are you doing? Are you okay? <laughs> that's, that's really, that must be really hard for you. How are you doing? I didn't, yeah, I didn't have to preach, but I suggested then at the end of our conversation that, um, and just before I went on the pitch, um, <laughs> that maybe we'd meet up for coffee after work one day and then we could talk about it more. And so a week later, we, we um, met up for coffee and we shared our life stories. I didn't really know very much about her life story. Normally, we just talk about the football scores. Um, but we did have opportunity to talk a bit more. And then uh, as, we kind of, um, as we kind of came up to the, the present day in our stories, I gently took that conversation back to those bereavements and her questions about death. And I just started simply with the phrasing from 1 Peter 3. The reason I have hope, one Peter says, um, always, always have ready the reason for the hope that we have. I've just mangled that, but one Peter three, <laughs> the reason I have hope is because I believe that death is not the end. I believe that Jesus, who was God made human, died and rose again, so that we could know God personally, whether that's in this life or the next, so that we can be with God forever. And after a little bit of silence, Jade says, I like that. <laughs> that was pretty much it. <laughs> and um, we were just sitting outside of church, and, and she kind of pointed at the church, and she pointed at my collar, and she's like, so I guess that's what all of this is about then. <laughs> so yeah, that, that is what all of this is about. We'd been chatting for an hour or so. The conversation didn't go on much longer. But I'm still praying for her. I'm praying that that seed was planted in her heart, the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm praying that there'll be an opportunity for me to invite her to the Alpha course. Hopefully she's not still moving house uh, in two weeks' time. There was no Damascus Road moment for her where she suddenly saw the light and was converted on the spot. Though those moments do happen, it might take many conversations, it might take years for her to come to, to know Jesus. But I know that what I have done is what God has called me to do. So as we look at this passage then in uh, John chapter 20, I've got three balloons for us, not including Eunice, um, just to remind us so that when you're eating your lunch this afternoon, you can remember what the sermon was all about. <laughs> so I've got a pink balloon, I've got a green balloon, and I've got a yellow balloon. Great. So the first one, pink. How do we keep our face sharing joyful? The first way to keep our faith sharing joyful is to keep it personal. Look at verse 16. Mary hasn't recognized that um, who, she, who she's talking to. She thinks that it's the gardener. But when, uh, what is it that Jesus does to get her attention? He calls her by name. He says, Mary. In John 10, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. And Mary turns and she realizes who it is who's talking to her, who she's speaking with. This is personal, isn't it? It's first name basis. It's one-to-one. -one, it's intimate. And even the way that this account is written and captured by John, the writer, it's not really like anything else we see in any of the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. 
and see which suggests that this is an authentic memory. This, this has been preserved and handed down by Mary herself. And it leads us onto this incredible ground, the meaning of the resurrection, the empty tomb, is the creation of a new relationship between Jesus and those who believe in him. It's personal. It's a relationship of love and trust. It's not even... Uh, it's not even like person to person, actually, is it? As we, we go into um, the, the book of Acts and the story of Acts, when the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost, this new relationship, which is bought for us by Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, is mediated by the Holy Spirit, which means that this God, who's risen from the dead, doesn't just live next to us, but he lives in us. He lives inside of us. And so sharing our faith story with others is deeply personal because the story of Jesus is deeply personal. The first way to keep our faith sharing joyful is to invest in our own walks with Jesus, to make time and space to talk to him every day, to meet with others, to discover more of his story in the Bible, to uh, meet in pastorates or come on the Alpha course to learn more of who Jesus is. We're called to share uh, who, who Jesus is to us and what he's done to us. So we've got to keep listening to him. <laughs> we've got to keep delving deeper, keep spending time with him. We're called to never stop our relationship with Jesus. I love this quote from Dorothy Sayers, that, that this might be what we say of our relationship with Jesus. And what do all the great words come to you in the end? But that I love you, I'm at rest with you, I've come home. Might that be the thing that we say about our relationship with Jesus? What do all those great words come to you? But that I love you, I'm at rest with you, I've come home. And so chatting with Jade, I shared with her some pretty personal things, some experiences of uh, death of um, my friend and a member of my family, stuff that I'd been through, but that God had uh, met me right in the middle of. And that meant something to her. It meant that I was prepared to share those, those personal things, but also that God seemed to care about me and that he also cared about her and that my faith was intimate and it was deep. It was a relationship so that's the first, the first balloon, keeping our faith joyful by keeping it personal. To see if this uh, stays on the, yes, stayed on the stage. Great. The second is the green balloon. <sighs> Having a bit of a workout this morning. Keeping our faith sharing joyful is about getting out there and not overthinking it. Once the light bulb had flicked on for Mary, she clings to Jesus, probably out of relief, hopefully out of love, but also probably a massive amount of relief that uh, her Savior and Lord, who she thought was dead, was actually alive. But Jesus says, don't hold on to me. I'm going to the Father to complete this whole thing which I've done on the cross. And now, Mary, you need to go and tell the others. He says, stop what you're doing. Don't keep this empty tomb to yourself. And Mary is off down the garden in a flash and goes back to the house to share this good news. 
I think we need to hear this this morning, that the reason why we are here in church isn't just for ourselves. It's not so that we can have a nice time, we can have, play some nice music, pat each other on the back and tick church off our list and head on home. It's not even to just build a great bunch of people or group of believers. The great evangelist um, Michael Green said, God's church exists not for itself, but for the benefits of those who are not yet believers. The church which lives for itself will be sure to die by itself. The church is not a religious, religious club. It's a worshipping community, but also it's a sending community. And what Green means here is that the task of the church is to reach out to others, to declare and not to be hesitant about the good news of Jesus. It exists for those who are not yet its members. Therefore, there comes a time where we just need to get out there and share it. Let's not get fat on the, the knowledge of Jesus or the things of Jesus or, um, yeah, the, the kind of the, the knowledge. Let's not get fat on that, but let's go and exercise. Let's go and um, kind of work out the hearing and the learning that we've done, the things that Jesus is doing in our lives. When um, Jade first asked me her question, I knew that this was a quite a big moment for her. Clearly, lots going on um, in her heart. But it was quite a big moment for, for me as well. Here was an opportunity um, to share what, what God was doing in, in my heart. But I knew, I knew that he put those things already in me. I knew that he, he'd put that deposit in there. That I could trust him in that moment. And now he released me to go and do it. He had faith in me, just to go, to go and do it, to share with her what he had already put in my heart. So let's keep our faith sharing joyful by just going for it, <laughs> not overthinking it, not worrying too much about what we have to say, but trusting that God has already put those things in our hearts which he wants us to share, those stories, those moments, those testimonies, the things that he whispers to us, even in the darkest of nights, to jump in and go for it. Okay, so that's the green, green balloon, just to go for it, don't overthink it. Okay, and finally, the yellow balloon. They're just about staying on the, <laughs> on the stage. The yellow balloon. Jesus turns Mary's weeping into dancing. And so let's keep our faith sharing joyful by smiling. <laughs> so easy to forget, isn't it? But let's smile as we share our faith. Mary's so excited to see Jesus. She shouts, Rabboni! She doesn't just say, Rabbi. She says, Rabboni! She's so excited to see Jesus, who she thought was dead. Her, her deepest hopes seemed like they were dashed and left aside when Jesus died on the cross. But now she sees him, the risen Lord. And so our faith sharing should flow out of the good news that it is that Jesus is alive. I said just not to take it too seriously, but to let that love that God has given you, that God has shown you, the joy of the empty tomb, of death defeated, of freedom from sin, and fulfilled promise, the promises of the Bible that are all in here have come true in Jesus Christ. And that is good news. 
That is awesome. And so we want this good news just to flow out of us, and this is not COVID-safe, apologies, but we want it just to go off. Actually, in the nine o'clock service, um, that flew and it actually nearly hit someone on the front row of the head, which is a bit embarrassing. Um, anyway, she forgave me afterwards. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you don't need to be worried about saying the wrong thing. I think so often we can get bogged down in the seriousness of, of our faith and um, the things that feel really weighty and difficult to understand. I think also sometimes we have this picture of God that he is really serious, that God is up there somewhere in the sky. Like, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. Grumpy, 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 I'm God and I'm angry. No! Don't you think that Jesus is in heaven? He's jumping around and he's saying, guys, this is awesome. I'm alive. I'm so pleased that you guys are full of faith. I just want you to share it. There are some things going on in the world. We, we need to change that. The Holy Spirit is going to come and change that. Jesus is alive. He's excited. He's full of energy. He's, he's bursting with love and joy. He is not grumpy. Jesus is not grumpy. We forget that, don't we? We think that Jesus is grumpy all the time. He's not. No grumpy Jesus. And so that is the joy that is in our hearts. It's the joy of Jesus that Mary glimpses as she meets the risen Lord. That is what God has put in our hearts, and that is what He wants us to share. So let's smile. Let's let's give that news to people with a smile on our face, not scratching our heads and, and pondering over the um, the weight of it all. It is weighty, it is important, it does change. It does change people's lives and it changes people's eternal destiny. But actually we can afford to smile about it. <laughs> it's okay. God has got it. God has got the weighty things. God has got the heavy things. And he wants us to smile. And he wants us to, to show people that joy that is in him. Even if you're really nervous inside. Even if you're completely bricking it. <laughs> Let's talk about Jesus over a pint. Let's talk about Jesus at football. Let's talk about Jesus at park run, at book club, at orchestra, at the water cooler, on birthdays and on anniversaries. Let's live and breathe him and let that joy go out to the world. Now, just as I finish, I want to um, speak very specifically to the ladies. Chaps, stay with us, but um, I want to speak very specifically to the ladies. This is a mug that my mum bought me for my birthday a couple of weeks ago. It says on the front, uh, the Association of Strong Women. And inside uh, says, may we know them, raise them, and be them. Ladies, you have a story to tell. For too long, we have kept quiet, either because we don't think that what we have to say is important, or because we think that somebody else could say it better than us. But each of us have a story to share about God's faithfulness to us and his love. His comfort in our brokenness, his power in the face of challenge, and his freedom where things have seemed hopeless. I'm not saying that the chaps do not have these stories, they do, but sometimes the ladies need a pep talk. The world and culture has not been kind to women in the past. And even now in 2021 and even this week in the news, we've seen the story of Sabina Nessa who was stabbed in the, in the park on her way home. Around the world, we know that women are affected most in the wake of natural disasters by lack of water and sanitation and in the matter of rights and inclusion and choice. 
And yet, Jesus' concern was for the poor, for the marginalized, and the rejected. And he chooses Mary to tell the others that she has seen Jesus rise from the dead. Mary is the first resurrection evangelist, trusted with this incredible story that is going to change the world forever and is going to change eternity. It's huge. It's massive. And he chooses Mary. So, women of faith, it's time for us to share our stories, to be filled with that joy of Jesus and God's hope at work in our lives. God's hope, God's peace, God's strength, God's courage in our careers, in our ambition, in miscarriage, in vulnerability, in friendships, in sports teams. God at work in your heart and in your mind who has brought you to today. I know that he is doing things in your hearts because he's God. But let us speak of them. Let us tell others about what he is doing and that we too have seen the Lord. Okay, I'm speaking to everyone now. The empty tomb. It could have been a moment of deflation, couldn't it? It could have been a we could call it a Eunice moment, I guess. <laughs> Eunice the unicorn. Could have been a moment of deflation, of lacking, of nothingness, of emptiness, couldn't it? The empty tomb. But just like God breathed into those first humans in creation to give them life, he gives us new life in himself, in the risen Jesus. In all our deflated moments, in all our lacking When we feel like we have nothing left, Jesus is our joy, and that is what keeps us going. So let's keep our faith showing personal. Let's get active and get out there and not worry too much and overthink it, and let's smile. Let's let that joy radiate and go. And so if you need some of that joy this morning, we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come now and to fill us with that joy, the joy of the risen and alive Jesus, the joy of hope renewed and life set free, the joy of Mary who recognized Jesus and could not hold it in, who says, I've seen the Lord, the joy to share, to be men and women of faith who own our stories and give over our battles and pray in our hopes. So let's stand together and let's pray. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to come. Perhaps you'd like to um, open your hands. Perhaps you'd like to close your eyes. Perhaps you'd like to kneel. Let's welcome the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. We love you. We believe that your story is true. We stand on your promises. You are the foundation of our life. We want to build our lives on you. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we want to um, share this good news of who you are, that you are risen and alive with our friends and family, with our colleagues, our neighbors. Would you send your Holy Spirit now? Send your Holy Spirit on your people that we might be filled again with the joy of sharing your good news with others. And Jesus, we dare to ask that we would see people come to faith in Woking and in Surrey and in the UK. We dare to pray that we would see an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, of your, um, your great love and your peace on what is such a broken country right now. 
God, we're desperate to see more of you at work. And so we pray for those people who are in our hearts already, who we um, have invited this afternoon or who we wish we had invited or who said that they couldn't come. We pray for them now, God. Send your Holy Spirit on them now. And would you put in us that joy of salvation, that joy that you have defeated death, of life set free from sin, of freedom now to live in your risen life with your breath in us, your Holy Spirit living in our hearts. So come Holy Spirit, fill us now. We're desperate for you. We love you. Fill your people, we pray, with the joy of the resurrection. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. We love you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and be at work in our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit. Give us that joy again. Come, Holy Spirit.